Arizona, Arizona Sports, the local sports, local leader. sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. There you go, the top stories of the day, all in one spot at the turn here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We're halfway home, we hit the reset button, get you caught up on everything that is going on, including some stories that we haven't had a chance to talk about That's right. So here we go. Uh, Let's start with the thing that we have been talking about for most of the day, and of course we'll continue to talk about it most of the day. Suns beat the Warriors last night, 134-105. Devin Booker, 34. DeAndre Ayton had a double-double, scoring 16 points, 14 rebounds. And of course, there was some drama last night. Devin Booker talking trash with a few Warrior players, bumping into Clay Thompson. Started a small back and forth. Clay Thompson would get ejected from that game, pointing to the fingers on his hand as he was walking out of yeah. the arena. Yeah. I got four rings. Yeah. How about you, Book? Right? I have the feeling that Clay Thompson's going to be using that when he's 75 years old. <laughs> when somebody has an argument with somebody, pointed to the four, finger, four fingers, you know? It's just, listen, he's got that. That's in his back pocket. He's going to use it. Uh, but the Suns punked them last night, okay? I mean, from forget about the four championships. They got him. You can't take him away. But the Suns punked them last night. And Clay Thompson had a terrible game, and Devin Booker was outstanding. Yeah, Devin Booker was terrific. The bench was great. Jock Landale was good. Chris Paul found his groove when it came to the three-point line last night. There are a lot of things that worked very well last night for the Suns. In the middle of the game, Chris Haynes, sideline reporter for TNT, and we played this for you earlier. I'm going to play it again, relaying a message from Jay Crowder saying that not starting is not the reason why I don't want to be in Phoenix. Honestly, this is unfamiliar ground for me. This is my 11th year, and I've always been in camp and started to gear off with my team. The business of basketball has taken its course and changed and changes have come. I do not want to get the details just yet, but it's definitely not true of the narrative being pushed about me not starting or not. I can honestly say that. I've had two great years with my teammates and the fans in Phoenix. I do not take that for granted. I'm forever grateful for the moments we share. It's absolutely ridiculous that this is that he is doing what he's doing. Chance to play for a great team, finish out your contract. You're not a superstar player. You're a role player on the last year of your deal. Play it out and then go sign a contract with somebody else next year. Somebody will want you. You know, they'll sign you, but he's like, look, they even said it on the broadcast, man. This all comes down to money. That's what they believe, and we all believe the same thing. Absolutely. From the NBA tonight, the Denver Nuggets will host the struggling L.A. Lakers. Denver will not have Michael Porter Jr. in the lineup. And according to NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski, the Lakers' Russell Westbrook is highly unlikely to play tonight as well with a hamstring injury. Let's see if somebody from the Lakers can make a three-pointer tonight. They've got, like, one of the worst three-point shooting percentages, like 20 out of 100 and something. They're really, really bad. Well, I'll tell you, nothing backfired more than that Russell Westbrook experience. Oh. Like that was an like that was a disaster. I'll tell you right now, I'm not right about a lot of things. I'll be the first to admit it. I was dead on about that Russell Westbrook. I the minute that happened, I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Bad idea. Bad idea. Really bad idea. It's not going to work. I was right. That, that's one of the ones I'll look back on and go, okay, I'll pat yeah. my back. Uh, I'll pat myself on the back on that one because that has been a massive failure. Look, every once in a while, a blind squirrel finds a nut. Blind squirrels find a nut. Eric Bledsoe is finding oh, a team. Oh, man. He's joining nearly, by the way, five years to the day after the infamous I don't want to be here tweet. Eric Bledsoe is joining the Shanghai Sharks. 
Sources tell Emiliano Carchia of Sportondo that Eric Bledsoe is going to Shanghai to play for the Sharks there. It was... Does anybody even know what team he played on last year? I do, only because it's right in front of okay. me. Okay. Do you? Yes. Okay. Clippers. But a lot of people aren't going to remember that. Played for the LA Clippers last year, 54 games. It was on October 22nd, 2017. When Eric Bledsoe tweeted, I don't want to be here. Wow. We're on. Well, the NBA just said to Eric Bledsoe, we don't want you to be here. <laughs> Five we years. China. And two days later, yeah. he's in China. The entire NBA just told Eric Bledsoe, we don't want you here either. Yep. Cliff Kingsbury today speaking on cornerback Marco Wilson winning Defensive Player of the Week in the NFC. Excited for him. He's worked really hard since training camp to continue to get better. And just his presence on the field, how calm he looked out there Thursday night. His demeanor, situational awareness has really improved, and, and that was a big-time play he made. So it's, it's fun to see a guy like that gradually get better and earn some recognition from outside this building. I'm very ultimately very happy that he didn't hurt himself on that incredible <laughs> flip. Man. Yeah, me too. There's a couple like, guys. You think about doing that yourself? Like, anybody listen, think about, could you, like, maybe even on, maybe on a trampoline? But, like, would anybody would anybody take a running start and try to jump like that and do a somersault and land the way he did? I'd break every bone on my back. No, thank you. I'll take You'd a pass. back fit health and spine for months. Indeed. Fix fix me, Dr. Rady, please. Dr. Roddy, fix uh, me. On, fix me, Dr. Roddy. I'm busted. He also gave some injury updates today. Kicker Matt Prater is day-to-day. And Cliff suggested that Matt might handle the field goal duties and Rodrigo Blankenship maybe handling that the kickoff sense. duties. Perhaps. That makes sense. Running back James Conner and Daryl Williams, they are day-to-day. Rashard Lawrence has been sent to the IR. That has cleared the way for Blankenship to join the active roster. Cliff was also asked about center Rodney Hudson and whether he could play this week. I'm not sure I really love the answer Cliff gave on this one. I hope so. Um, some maintenance stuff that we're working through, but I'm hoping the next couple of weeks we can have him back, which would be huge. I mean, he's, he's another guy that when he's played for us in this offense, he's uh, he's played at a high level. Next couple of weeks. Man. Next couple weeks. I hope they got a plan in place for a center for next year. I hope so, too. Like, I'll even say this. As good to. as he is, like, I don't even know that I want him back next year. You, you, you got to move on. You're going to have to move on. Kyler Murray also confirmed what we already knew here on the Burns and Gambo show. His relationship with Cliff Kingsbury is not like a marriage. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell you that far. I just, you know, again, he's competitive. I'm competitive. It wasn't, um... It wasn't anything more than, just, like I said, just trying to win. I mean, it was, you know, time was running down. He, I think he was a little uh, frustrated with whatever whatever I had done. I don't know, but um, no, it's, it's not a big deal. It wasn't a big deal. I'm fine. I'm, like, I'm, I'm fine with it. Not a big deal. Yeah. Not a big deal. Now, you know, if you're losing and you're losing a lot and stuff like that continues to happen, that's going to end up being a problem. Shane Gospahair scored twice. He Arizona did. Coyotes beat the Columbus Blue Jackets last night, 6-3. to three. Next up for the Coyotes. Their home opener against Winnipeg on Friday. The Mullet Arena. Rock the Mullet on Friday nights. Yeah. We'll be out there, me and you. We'll be doing our show from there. Looking forward to it. So that should be, I'm sure we'll have Donor on. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about the Yotes in that home opener. I think they got the Rangers on Sunday. So some home games coming up. Now they'll have those makeshift locker rooms until, you know, the next time they come back in December. But they will at least will get some home games after this long trip on the road. U of A men's basketball currently ranked number two in the Pac-12 preseason poll. UCLA is number one. Yeah, when you lose... 
Benedict Matherin, who, by the way, has been great oh, for so Indiana. Good. He's been so good. Christ- I'm glad you brought that up. He's been oh, really good. So good. Christian Coloco and Dale and Terry to the NBA draft. You know, now you still bring back a lot of key players, but uh, and you got some great transfers coming in. That's why they're number two. But man, they lost three guys to the NBA draft. Benedict Matherin is averaging 22.3 points he's per been game. He's shooting 43% from the three-point line. Yeah, he's been really, really uh, good. Big, I was a big fan of his. Major League Baseball, the Phillies are going to start right-hander Aaron Nola Let's in go. Game 1 of the World Series yeah. against the Astros. Zach Wheeler is going to go in Game 2. The Fall Classic starts on Friday. Yeah, Nola, first two starts in October. He threw 12 and two-thirds scoreless innings. So uh, last time out, he didn't do so well. Give up six runs over four and two-thirds against the Padres. So it's going to be him against Verland in Game 1. And then Wheeler will start the second wall card. And then, of the course, second game. three quick notes from the NFL. The Chicago Bears today traded veteran pass rusher Robert Quinn to the Philadelphia Eagles in exchange for a fourth-round draft pick. Now, you had said a couple days ago the Cardinals Did not have had no in interest in no. Quinn, but the Philadelphia Eagles at 6-0 and do. And they're obviously having some fun in Philly right now. They're just giving up fourth-round draft picks for Robert Quinn yeah. for a defense that already looked pretty good without him. Quinn, so was, Quinn was not a guy that, that, that they were interested in. Just an older player. has had a bad back, and then the money included on that. Now, Chubb, Chubb's a little bit different. Like we were, you know, I, I do think that they would be interested in Chubb if they could get him, but it's going to take a lot to get him. And then you're going to have to pay him $30 million a year. Right. A year. So that could put a damper on that. Quarterback controversy in New Orleans. The Saints say today they're going to start Andy Dalton over a healthy Jameis Winston. I am surprised by Did that. Did they not watch Andy Dalton throw the ball to the Cardinals all game on Thursday night? Apparently. Here you go, didn't. Isaiah Simmons. Here you go, Antonio Hamilton. And in New England, it was determined that Matt Holmes, you had one more. You Marco Wilson. Yeah, go ahead. I more. forgot. I, I had three guys. Yeah, you did. I, I had three I guys that he threw my, the ball my to. My apologies. Yeah. Uh, Mac Jones going to start for New England after getting benched last week against the Bears. I'm also surprised by that one, too. He was. That was really weird. What? Like, did anybody really know? Because he said that they knew, but I don't think that anybody really knew. It seemed like a whole lot of people in the Patriots locker room knew that both quarterbacks were going to play in that game. I'm enjoying the, the demise of the Patriots. I wish Brady was surprised. I guess in, in some ways, if you enjoy, if you hated the Patriots, you get to enjoy the demise two ways. Brady sucks with Tampa Bay. <laughs> and the Patriots stink, too. <laughs> I was going to say, there's demise. It's a double-barrel shotgun of demise when it comes to uh, Brady and the Patriots. It's happening on two different teams. That is our 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Congratulations. You're all caught up. Now, when we come back, it was chippy. It was physical. It was great for the Phoenix Suns last night. We'll talk about that big win next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, it's 4.30 on a Wednesday. Let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day. And for that, let's hand it over to Mr. Ruby. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, we got a Cardinals question. We got a Suns question. Rubes, I'll leave it up to you, your discretion, which one you want to start with. We're going to start with cards. We've got a little controversy on the Suns one. So starting off with the Cardinals, the trade deadline for the NFL is sneaking up on everybody. So if they were to make a trade, which of these three positions would you like them to address the most? Your options are edge rusher, cornerback, and offensive line. 
I mean, it's easy to say edge rusher, and that's the right answer because they they are clearly lacking in that area. The offensive line, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like left-handed relievers in baseball, right? Or like a team acquiring bullpen arms at the deadline. You can never have enough. You can never have enough offensive linemen. That said. Edge rusher is the answer. I totally agree. They are not getting sacks. They had the one game where they had five. Outside of that, they're not getting sacks. I know, just, but defensively, they've been really good this year. And health-wise and, as well. The O-line's beat the, up. The O-line is is beat to hell. Absolutely. What's our audience say on this one? Audience rolling with you guys. 60.1%. That's up from last time going with edge rusher. 32.4% going with offensive lineman. Way down in last place is corner. Now this next one, what people have to understand about polls is we post the polls to ask the question. We're not automatically stating that we think it happened. So have the Phoenix Suns passed the Golden State Warriors in the NBA hierarchy? So, so uh, Twitter is saying that because we asked the question, the question we're we therefore are happened. endorsing the, 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 the like, right. yes, we believe the Suns have passed. The, no, we're we do not. Because <laughs> <clown. laughs> no, we, we do not. Because we don't. But we can still ask no. the question. Right. We're still, we're, we're loud. We can ask the question. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah, question. Not to ask questions. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. You can't I can't stop yeah. people from asking questions. We include the no option for a reason. Free speech. <laughs> Which is what both of you are choosing, correct? Yes, you no. don't believe the sons have passed the war. No, no, I don't believe that. No. 47% saying no as well. In second place, 38.8%. It's not yes. It's too soon to say. 14.3% in last place already think that has happened. That's gone up, though. It that is gone up. 12% two hours ago to who 14. said yes. Now it's at 14. So at least 14% of our audience says, yeah, the Suns have passed the Warriors. Thank you, Eric. We appreciate it. The reason why we're asking the question and not stating in the definitive, the reason we're asking the question, Charles Barkley on TNT last night on the post-game show talking about the Warriors saying they're not done, but they're slowing down. There was a time when Klay Thompson was the best two-way guard in the NBA. And he's not the same guy. And that's because of injuries. Now, can, is he done? No, I don't think he's done. I think he's slowing down and is catching up with him. That's why he's frustrated. I think the same thing with Draymond. I think he's slowing down. You saw in the finals, like, because his game is really dictated on energy. And once you get past 30, you start losing, especially if you're playing deep in the playoffs every year. That's why I said, Steph got a lot more work to do now. Them young guys going to really have to step up. Or this team is not going to win the championship if those young guys don't start carrying the team. But they did last year, right? I mean, Wiggins was great and Poole was good. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Wiseman, they're working in this year. So, but that's what he's saying. He's like, these young guys have to step up and play well because Draymond's getting older and slowing down and Clay's getting older and slowing down. And Steph's like, the age is going to eventually, you know, be a factor. We've spent so much time talking about the age of Chris Paul, but we're not looking at the Warriors. Like, I'm sure in Golden State right now, they're like, you know, look, eventually age is going to get the better of all three of those guys. Draymond, Stephen Clay, all three of them. Like in a similar time frame. Yeah, of course. And of course, it's a different kind of scenario there because they've got the, as as Clay Thompson reminded us all last night on his way out the door, they've got four championship rings there. So you can. Oh, is that happening there? Yeah, that's well, it. I, I, I know you've known. I know you forgot because nobody would ever know they've got four unless they were there to constantly remind us about it on their way out the door when getting ejected. But, but you know, so they've, they've got this. I, I, 
There was a I, I, I looked this up and I did the math on this one and it, and it wasn't like hard math to do, but it was something that I thought was interesting about last night's game. Okay, last night the 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 Suns starters versus the Warriors starters. There was only one starter for the Warriors who played more than thirty minutes. There was only one starter for the Suns who played under thirty minutes. Okay, because that's because the Suns were up by twenty and they kept their starters in, and Steve Kerr was like, "I'm done. I'm well, done with this well, game." But that's, but that's kind of what I mean. It's like for the Warriors, they're like, "Yeah, well, you know this." This isn't that big of a deal to us right now, right? Okay. And the Suns didn't pull their starters until there were a minute and 30 seconds left look, in the game. I was at the game last night. Full disclosure, I walked out with about two and a half minutes to go. Like, this is done. I'm going to go to my car and leave. Uh, you're going to beat that traffic. So when I, <laughs> I didn't meet much of it. So I'm walking through the streets of downtown Phoenix, and I'm walking by the bar where we always do the shows from down there, the Ainsworth, right? And they had the game up on the monitors. And I walk by, and I'm looking at the game like, Devin Booker's still in the game? Chris Paul's still in the game, and I look mm. at the clock. There's like a minute thirty left in the game. I thought Kerr the hell was are those st- guys still doing in the game. I, I, I thought, come on, man, what are we doing here? I was wondering if Steve Kerr was going to say something about that after the game. I was wondering if Steve Kerr was going to be like, well, you know, they kept their starters in the entire game. I'm sure they just wanted to send a message. They did. The Suns didn't pull their starters out. Now, you could say, okay, the Warriors are very dangerous and they can score 10 points in a minute if you let them. And we wanted to make sure we had the win. You could say that. But like Steph wasn't in the game. No. Clay wasn't in the game. And Those I, guys weren't in the game. I botched the number here. I wrote it down in my notes. I couldn't find it. One Golden State starter played over 30 minutes. One Sun starter played under 33 minutes. That was Aiton. He was the only one. Everybody else played 33 minutes or more last night for the Suns as a starter. And, and, and here's what I derive from that. Here's what I think that number means. I think, A, that number means that for Golden State, they know that this is a slow process for them. They're slow cooking this thing. They're in no rush to get to their peak performance they know. Whereas I think the Suns, I think it was less about sending a message to Golden State last night, more about sending a message to the rest of the league. Oh, really? You think we're cooked? Oh, really? What's our vibe now? Oh, oh really? You think we've peaked? Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you really? The vibe in Phoenix is broken, and yeah. there's something wrong with the team, and Sarver, and Jay, and Aiton, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, watch this. We're 3-1. and one. And look who we've beaten. You're right? We've beaten the Clippers. Ah, we know they didn't play Kawhi that much, but whatever. We've beaten the Mavericks, the team that vanquished us a year ago. We beat the defending champs, Golden State Warriors, right? I think the Suns have very deliberately notched up this energy level early in the season. Not to send a message to the Warriors, hey, we've passed you, or the Clippers, hey, you're not ready for prime time yet. I think they're sending a message to the whole league. Y'all tried to write us off for the last month or so. We're not going anywhere. We're in, we're right here, ready to roll, just as good as we've always been. Yeah, I think that was very intentional in playing those starters last night, as long as they did in that game. Because I think the Suns feel like there's a little bit of a message they need to send to the rest of the league about yeah. writing them off. There was so much the Suns and all the noise. You've got the uh, the owner Robert Sarver selling the team. You've got Jay Crowder wants to be traded. Monty's not talking to Da. They haven't talked in six months and. You know, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, it's awkward. There's a vibe there. The vibe. It's a, this I mean, isn't the vibe was it, like the biggest. I mean, 
mean, if I could type a, in dollar for every time somebody mentioned the vibe, vibe in Phoenix the yeah. month leading up to the season. I could right? buy my villa you could, you, right now. You, you could go to Italy, and I could afford a plane ticket to go visit you every now well, and then. Yeah, NBA's four most overrated teams entering 2023 Bleacher Report. I'm looking at it. I'm just going back. Of course, the most important pieces of a team that won 64 games are all in place. It's hard not to imagine this team being a regular season win machine again, but this is a mountain of bad vibes to overcome. A mountain of a bad vibes. A mountain of bad vibes. They're overrated. This is Bleacher Report. You know, that's, I mean, and that's what the, that's what it was. We kept hearing that over and over and over again about the Suns and maybe, you know, to a point where we even questioned it a little bit, sure. but they're, they, they've come out of the gates. No Jay Crowder. No worries with Monty and DA. Not worried about the ownership thing. And they just beat the Dallas Mavericks, the Los Angeles Clippers, and the Golden State Warriors in their first four games. When we come back you on can the vibe this. Demo show. <laughs> I got your vibe. Yeah, I got right your vibe. Here, right here. Right here. Kyler Murray today spoke on DeAndre Hopkins. He, too, was asked about D-Hop's role playing different spots on the field. You'll hear what Kyler had to say about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. That's us here on this Wednesday afternoon, and it being a Wednesday, that's the day that we hear from Cliff Kingsbury, head coach of the Cardinals, and Kyler Murray, quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, they're getting ready for the Vikings, the five and one Minnesota Vikings, and we'll talk about. They're not them. so bad. They're not so bad. It's like it's five like and one. Rocky taking on Mr. Yeah. T in in so Rocky Three. So You're not so bad. You're not so bad. You're not so bad. Um, they're really not. But <laughs> they're, really, they're really not. I mean, you well, look at them. So like, good, actually. They're they're, they're yeah. fine. I mean, they're five and one. I'd trust me. I'd rather be five and one than three and four. But um, they're, they're certainly not unbeatable. Kyler Murray, though, uh, in meeting with the media today, and we got we've been we've been on this for a while now. We've been talking about this for a while. Not only the return of DeAndre Hopkins, but anybody who watched that game last Thursday, it was just very obvious he was he was lining up all over the place. He was on the left, he was on the right, he was in the slot, he was here, he was there. It, we've seen every chart, every stat, every number, and they all tell exactly the same story. That is different than what we've come to expect from DeAndre Hopkins in this offense. It, it's just an evolution of DeAndre Hopkins in this offense. Kyler Murray was asked about it today. Here's what he said. I think it's a necessity. I think, you know, his first year here, he had 1,400 yards. I don't know how. You know, we, we literally just, he lined up at, lined up on the left side of the field, and uh, we just kind of went to work, which, you know, every week it was, why, you know, why are people allowing us to do this? I don't know, but it happened. And then, you know, last year he was moving around a little bit more, uh, ended up getting getting hurt and stuff like that, but I think for us to easily, you know, just give them easy completions and get the ball in our best player's hands, got to move them around for sure. I hadn't heard that answer until I hit play. I don't, I don't know how. I love that answer. How the hell did this work? How the hell did we get 1,400 yards out of him when he just lined up in one spot? How did it work? How did that's I... how good he is. So good he is. He, he, he's, he's that great. That's it's hard it. to cover yeah. him one. You can cover him one-on-one and have him covered and blanketed, but he's gonna he's got these incredible, gigantic hands. He goes up and he makes these catches, and 
So, I mean, that, that's why. That's a, that's how he had 1,400 yeah, yards. Yeah, I'm looking at this crazy chart of his first year here in 2020. It was Kyler's second year, DeAndre Hopkins' first year. And it's just a chart of where he was for every single one of his catches. And, and you don't need to be... And 90% on I mean, just, 85%. I mean, look at it. They're like this. Okay, here's, here's a football field, right? There's this big red spot, 0 to 10 yards from the line of scrimmage, and it's all on the left. And that's yeah. it. That's where like every ball he caught was right in the middle of that no, red No, it was great to see right him. There. It was great to see him line up in the slot on the right, on the left. I loved seeing him in motion, you know, make the defense have to, you know, figure that out. So put him in motion, let him run. So I, it was, it was, it was great. Now you've got to figure out a way to incorporate other guys in because he had 10 catches and everybody else on the team had 10 catches. So the next best receiver, if I'm not mistaken, only had, was it like one or two catches? I believe it was two was catches. It Dorch? I- Who was it? Because uh, Eno had the next highest amount of catches, like you, uh, so you got to get the other wide receivers involved. The, now, no, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish your thought. You know, granted, Robbie Anderson wasn't a factor in this game. Hollywood Brown's out, and Robbie Anderson didn't play a whole much, so that should change when they come in. Among the wide receivers, everybody had one catch. Uh, Rondell Moore one, had yeah, one. one. Greg Dorch yeah. had one. Zach Ertz had two. Uh, Eno Benjamin had four. Keontae Ingram had two. Right. And it's funny, it, you're you're a mind reader because that's exactly what Kyler was asked about as a follow up. Oh, we haven't heard this yet. If Moving hop around helps the other guys. Everybody. I mean, it, I think you know. I don't think I know. We have one of the best receiving cores in, in the uh, in the league. You know, for uh, the depth that we have, um, the guys we got in that room, the running backs, tight ends. Like, I mean, I'm confident in everybody out there. So, uh, the more we can move him around, um, make people you know worry about him, which is a given. You know, other people are going to be open. And that, of course, means Robbie Anderson and Kyler Murray's anxious to see what they can get out of him. I would say I'm anxious. Um, I'm excited for him. You know, this is this is uh, his his second week. Um, you know, I can tell him he's more comfortable talking more and more vocal. Um, obviously, he's got the ability, but you know, we got to build a rapport together, um, and, and we'll do that. You know, what I'm saying with time. Uh, but yes, I, I'm excited to see him on the field more. Yeah, of course. That speed, that ability to stretch the defense, to just have another weapon. I mean, it's what you when you've got a guy that you believe is an elite level quarterback, you surround him with the most. You spend more money on that side of the ball. You surround them with weapons. You do it all the time. You, you, you know, you look at who are the guys that are getting traded right now. We're seeing wide receivers get traded. We're seeing running backs get traded. You got to make sure you have these weapons on offense. And so that's what you're saying. So it makes sense for the Cardinals to go get. Now we're talking now about can they add a defensive edge rush or could they go get Chubb you know and, and make that trade and then pay him 30 million dollars a year you know, we're talking a lot about that but you have to make sure that because because without the weapons it's hard for Kyla to elevate his game and of course nothing's going to be complete until Hollywood Brown is back but I, I do feel like while Robbie Anderson isn't going to like he's not going to take the place of Hollywood Brown he certainly he's he he'll he'll ease you he'll ease things over until he gets back right he'll kind of he'll kind of okay you can I think you can make do with D Hop and Robbie Anderson as your wide receivers until you get Hollywood Brown back and you're not that thin at the position. Now, when you're complete there, it, it it's kind of like how excited we got when thinking about Hollywood Brown paired with DeAndre Hopkins, right? Now you're going to have those two guys paired along with Robbie Anderson if everything goes according to plan. I just, like everybody else, like every other Cardinal fans out there, man, I, I has is DeAndre Hopkins going to completely unlock this offense and restore it to the version of it that it was before D-Hop and Kyler got hurt last year. Because remember, this this uh, offense was flying along the first six, seven weeks yeah. of the season last year. Kyler's healthy. 
D-Hop's healthy, and they're it's seemingly putting up 30 and 400 yards every single week. Is D-Hop's return going to unlock that version of the Cardinals' offense? Well, we is hope it so. literally hope that so. simple, right? I mean, the first game, it just seemed like it. Right? I mean, Kyler was good, but not great. Uh, but they won a game, and DeAndre Hopkins had over 100 yards, and he had 10 catches, and he was uh, uh, there were three touchdown drives, and he was a factor in all the touchdown drives. Three catches in one, three in another, and a catch in another. So, like, without him, do you have those three touchdown drives? Probably not. Yeah, I would think that there's, like, that, that yeah, that he's the key. He's the key to unlocking the whole offense. Now, how far they could go with this offense, you know, also depends on other guys. It depends on James Conner's ability to come back and Eno Benjamin to continue to play well. And maybe Hollywood Brown coming back or Robbie Anderson being incorporated into the offense. There's a lot of other factors in the whole offense overall. But at least, you know, getting the Cardinals to be able to get up and down the field and score touchdowns. That's 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 the Andre Hopkins doing. On a quick but somewhat related note, there was a story this morning on ESPN.com. They do it every week with Dan Graziano and um, and uh, Jeremy Fowler uh, predicting NFL Week Eight upsets, weekly buzz notes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they were talking about players that they're hearing could get dealt before the deadline, which is on November first. It was strange, and it was just I was unexpected. They both mentioned A.J. Green going to the Packers as a possibility. Well, they don't have any veteran wide receivers. They're young. So and that's the main reason why. Like they, like the Packers might actually be interested in A.J. for that exact reason. They might, they were looking for some veteran experience at the position. I mean, what, what would anybody give up for that's, him? I mean, I'd rather, like, if you're going to, somebody's going to give you a seventh round pick, I'd rather just sit him on my bench and say, you're here in case somebody gets hurt. Because <laughs> we talked about this. It's, if a guy goes down and you've got to go get a guy, are you better off with A.J. Green or some guy on your practice squad? I'm better off with A.J. Green. Yeah, so... Because you're not uh, going to get much better than a 6th or a 7th pick for A.J. Well, maybe like a, maybe that. a 6th, you say, okay, you know what, I'll, 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 I'll take a 6th for him, but I'm not taking a 7th for him. You know, you, maybe you tell teams that. You're not going to get more than that. I agree with you. You're not getting a 4th or a 5th for A.J. Green. You know, but if somebody say, look, I'll give you a 7th for him, you might say, look, there's no, there's no reason for me to... I'll give me a 6th and I'll, we got a deal, but if not, I'd rather to just hold on to him as an insurance policy. Join Kona Big Wave this Sunday for a Red Sea Road Rally as the Cardinals take on the Minnesota Vikings. Enjoy great prizes, ticket giveaways, food specials all game long. It's this Sunday at Phillies off of Priest Drive in Tempe. Now when we come back, is Chris Paul back to being, well, Chris Paul? That's coming up. Burns and Gambo.